Howdy, howdy, and thanks for checking out episode 59 of the Eyes Free Sports Podcast. My name is Greg Lindbergh. Here on episode 59 of Eyes Free Sports, we are visiting with a blind fantasy sports writer. And uh, so this episode is a little bit different. It's not on actual blind sports like we traditionally talk about, but uh, always like to have occasionally a guest on just to talk about how sports and uh, blindness can actually converge to form a career, some type of other interest. And uh, so this guest is a perfect example of that and uh, is a fantastic writer and really does uh, some awesome work for several different outlets uh, in both writing and podcasts and really into uh, football and sports in general. So let's go ahead and kick off episode 59. All right, so my guest here on this episode of Eyes Free Sports is Dominic Petrillo. And Dominic is a fantasy football writer and expert. Dominic, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thank you, Greg. Thanks for having me here. It's uh, great to be here and glad to be talking with you. Absolutely. Yeah. And I am, uh, you know, just a big you know, football fan, sports fan in general. I played fantasy football for about 12 years now, so I think we've got uh, plenty to cover here and certainly just about your life, and we'll, we'll kind of start with that here. Um, so first off, just talk to me about your childhood, maybe where you were born, grew up, and just your early years in life. Yeah, I was I was born in uh, Chestnut Hill Hospital in Philadelphia. I grew up and I've lived my entire life within about 25, 30 miles of the city of Philadelphia. I currently live in New Jersey, but just right outside the city as well. Uh, growing up, I did, I had uh, sight up until the age of 32. So I, you know, grew up normal playing uh, baseball, hockey, basketball. Uh, I wasn't allowed to play football because of a head condition that I have. Uh, but I always have loved football. I remember, you know, the fog bowl. Uh, you know, different things like that. Obviously the Eagles Super Bowl was after I went blind, but, but the fog bowl against Chicago and just their Randall Cunningham game where he uh, was almost tackled by the giants and did almost like a push up to get back up. And then like through the touchdown and everything, it's just, so a lot of my memories from being a kid are, are around sports and everything. Gotcha. Very cool. And then, so I understand uh, it was diabetes that you were diagnosed with uh, as a teenager, correct? Yeah, I got diabetes diagnosed uh, right before my 17th birthday. So I was 16 years old. And uh, just from then on, it just really ravaged my body quite a bit. Uh, you know, lack of having medications, having jobs that offered insurance and things like that. I wasn't able to get the medications I needed. And then uh, right after I turned 32, I went completely blind. Gotcha. So it definitely was kind of like a gradual lost then to your vision or was it pretty sudden or just talk to me about that uh no it was very sudden i started uh noticing like i had to get glasses maybe five years before i went blind but that's you know normal so by the time uh 2012 came around when i was 32 i noticed my sight was going by april i wasn't able to drive home from work anymore my sister had to uh take me up to work and bring me home from work because i couldn't see in the dark anymore uh and then by november even when i was using a magnifying glass at the computer I wasn't able to see this, uh, barely see anymore. So I just realized, uh, you know, I went into work one Monday, it was uh, November 19th. And I realized even with this microphone or with the magnifying glass, I couldn't see the screen anymore. So I called my sister and had her come pick me up. And that's the last day I was able uh, to do my work there. Wow. And I'm curious, just thinking back to that day, you know, what was going through your mind? What were you thinking when that all unfolded? Uh, it was really tough. I did really think that I was going to, 
uh, be able, cause I knew I was going to be getting surgery in a couple of weeks on my eyes. And I thought that would really uh, help it. Uh, so I ended up getting my first surgeries on in like December, I think it was like December 7th. And from then on with each uh, surgery, I had it, this like just got worse and worse and worse. So it just, I thought I was going to get a little better and it never did. It just kept getting worse. Wow. Sure. And then it is uh, type one uh, juvenile diabetes that you do have. Uh, no, I, I have type two. It's kind of, a, I have like a weird combination. It's type two, um, but I do have type one traits as well. So it's kind of like a weird mixture. I see. I see. Interesting. And so uh, just in terms of, you know, losing your, your eyesight and uh, just talk to me about uh, maybe some of the mental health uh, challenges. I know you've kind of been public about, you know, writing about some of the mental health struggles you've had and, how you've managed to overcome uh, some of dealing with that. Yeah. Mine is actually a little bit strange because I know a lot of people when they uh, just from people I've spoken to and people that I've interacted with around here in my area, in New Jersey, that when they do go blind, they start to become uh, more depressed or more withdrawn and everything. And in my case, it was the opposite. Uh, I've actually known hmm. since age of 10 that I was extremely depressed. I had, from the age of 10, I've had, I had visions or whatever you want to call it, that I'd be dead premonitions that I'd be dead by the age of 40. Um, so I, you know, I always would say people like in high school, I was like, I don't care if I live or die. You know, it was one of my expressions there and stuff. Cause I, I didn't. And, you know, I just always thought I'd be dead by the age of 40. So when I did get diabetes, instead of being concerned about it, it was more like, well, I guess this is, I'm going to die. Uh, so when I did go blind, a lot of people were a little nervous that something was going to happen where it would like push me over the edge. Uh, but in my mind, it actually went the opposite way. And it's like, well, you know, I should have been dead. I didn't have the medications and I thought this was going to kill me. And it, it didn't. Yes, it took my eyesight, but I'm still alive. So there's got to be a reason. Uh, so ever since I went blind, I've actually had a much more positive attitude. And I really use that to try and help others. And that's, you know, one of the reasons I'm looking to get into the full time uh, writing field is so that I can get not just my stories out there, but other people's stories out there. Uh, like I was telling you before we started, I apply, I just applied to be a staff writer with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And one of the reasons I want to do that is because I just interviewed Bruce Arians a couple of weeks ago and getting his story out there, of his dealings with diversity and inclusion and everything helps a lot more people than you or I getting our stories out there. Cause he's a lot more well-known and I would love to be able to do that with other athletes, other people on staff, coaches, GMs, everything, and get their stories out there. Cause it's going to help a lot more people than just me getting my story out there. Exactly. Very cool. So let's, uh, let's talk about writing. I'm curious, as far as your writing background, did you have a writing background before you kind of got into this, this career here? Uh, no, I never did. I never went to college. I just, you know, I was always a, a decent writer. I was always smart. I was just lazy. So I never got good grades in school just, but it wasn't because I couldn't do the work just because I didn't do the work. I was, right. <laughs> I was one of those people that I, you know, the teacher would say, Hey, if you don't get a 97% on this final, you're going to fail the course. I'm like, okay. And I just get a hundred on it and just, you know, move on to the next course. Cause just, cause I could do it. I just didn't care. Uh, so yep. that's just, just how I was. I, you know, I wouldn't do the homework and I'd get A's on all the tests and then it would work out to be like a D or a C. Um, but yeah, so I am definitely just looking for, you know, everything I can. So I haven't no, but to answer your question, no, I didn't have a writing background or anything when I got into it. I, I've always loved writing. I've always loved sports and this was the easiest way for me to get into it. So I was lucky enough to find a very small website uh, that does didn't pay me for the work or anything, but they were able to help me and uh, really help me grow and explain, not explain me, but tell me how, what I was doing wrong, what I needed to fix. And I just think that every time I get, 
do another article or send out a big email or something. Every time I do something, I get better. And that's what I'm going for is I'm never going to, I'm never going to be the best. I'm never going to be perfect. But as long as I get better with every time I write something, then that's what my you know goal is. Exactly. For sure. Let's uh, talk about just being a sports fan as someone who is blind or visually impaired. And I know I can definitely relate to this. Uh, there can be challenges in consuming information, you know, whether it's scores, statistics, uh, following games, whatnot. And just talk to me about your perspective as a fan and kind of how you, if you have any certain techniques, tips, tricks on how you kind of consume this type of info. Um, I, maybe it's because I started out having sight and I went blind, but I kind of still do it the same way that I always have. I go on the websites and uh, look it up. I also uh, listen to the games on the TV where it's probably better for uh, blind people. I don't know what you found, but I do a lot of people. It's probably better if they listen to it on the radio, because when you're listening to it on the radio, they're kind of, it's almost like making it for, you know, blind people or visually impaired people because they're, they, they're doing it because you can't see the game because you're listening to it on the radio. So they are a lot better than the, you know, TV announcers are, which, you know, obviously uh, makes sense. Uh, the biggest thing I find thing I find for statistics and stuff is finding websites that are fully accessible because there are quite a few out there uh, that are, but there's, then there's also quite a few out there that are very terrible. I, I'm not going to mention, you know, names because I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but there's a, a number of websites and major websites out there uh, that, we as blind or visually impaired people can't even use because the accessibility of them is so terrible that you can't even look up the statistics or anything. For sure. Yep. I can definitely relate. And really interesting what you were saying about, you know, radio versus TV. And I'm curious, do you have any specific, you know, whether they're local or national broadcasters, anyone that comes to mind that you find to be very descriptive or whatnot? Uh, well, in here in Philadelphia area, we get a lot of uh, Merrill Reese, who's been doing it for 40, 50 years. So he's uh, he's really good. Uh, I do on the TV side. I really like uh, Greg Olson. Uh, he's he's great. Uh, you know, Kevin Hartland's great. You know, just the uh, Stokely down the sideline and just things like that. He's very <laughs> animated. But he's very cool. And obviously, everybody loves uh, Tony Romo. And I I do as well. I just he's very good at describing uh, what's going on on the field as well. For sure. Yeah. Now that you mention it, there are definitely a few, you know, TV broadcasters that even though the pictures are there for people to see, they, they tend to be pretty detailed, which is nice. Yeah. There, there certainly are. And then there's some that are, you know, there's some that are very, uh, very bad, I guess, if you want to call it. And I'm not saying they're bad <laughs> announcers. They're just very bad at describing, you know, what's going on on the field or whatever. For sure. Yep. Um, as far as some of the sports websites that you've worked for, that you've written for, just talk to me about some of those sites. Uh, yeah, the, the first one I started with was fantasyhotread.com. They actually uh, liked my work so much, they made me an owner there. Uh, we actually just uh, closed down that website, though, because we weren't really, uh, didn't really have the writers for it. We were just doing podcasts, and we, so we're not really doing podcasts there anymore either. Uh, so I wrote for them up until this year. That was the first one I was with. So I was doing that for about five years. I've been with rotoballer.com, which is a, a mid-sized website. They have a number of writers that do articles for them. Uh, so I've been doing that for three or four years. Now I've done a two or 300 articles for them. Uh, I've written for The Athletic is my latest one. I've been doing a lot of freelance work for them, including the one, like I said, a couple weeks ago. The last one I did for them was a interview that I did with Bruce Arians and I turned it into an article. I've done some articles for them. I did some DFS articles for them, some mailbag articles during the season. Uh, and I did an article about how to watch the Super Bowl as a blind guy right before the Super Bowl came out. Uh, so they've been really 
really helpful to me, really kind. And they're one of the biggest websites out there now. So they're, you know, being able to work for them has hopefully given me a leg up and being able to find, you know, other jobs. And then I also do a podcast with a friend of mine named Alice. Uh, it's called the She Knows Pro Football Podcast. So we do podcasts picking the game uh, every week of the season and then during the uh, postseason as well. And then during the offseason, we do a couple uh, podcast episodes about free agency or the draft or things like that. Um, as far as technology goes, um, is it, do you primarily use, you know, like a, an iPhone? Is it your computer as far as consuming information? What do you prefer the mobile mobile or the desktop? Uh, for consuming the information and getting the stats, I tend to use the mobile just cause I feel it's easier. The desktop can be, you know, a pain sometimes. Uh, but when I do my articles, um, I do have jaws and I do that on my computer. So I do all my articles, uh, on the computer, but when I look at Twitter or look at most, if not all the websites, not all, not all the time. If I'm doing an article, I need to research something like I'll go to profootballreference.com or something. I'll do that uh, on my computer. But for the most part, I go to like the athletic or anything like that. I do all that on my phone. And then when I publish my articles, I just, I go to the back end on like WordPress or whatever the CMS is that they use. And I do all that on the computer. Gotcha. I see. Very interesting. And then if you just want to explain, you know, as far as fantasy sports, uh, just uh, being a writer, you know, for fantasy sports, say specifically versus, you know, writing for like ESPN.com or maybe a more traditional Sports Illustrated, what's what's the difference in, you know, covering fantasy sports versus kind of more mainstream, you know, sports coverage? Yeah, in, in some ways, too, it's it just you need to know more people a lot of times in the fantasy. I mean, I I've, I do write for fantasy. I write for regular football. I write for sports gambling as well. But when it comes to fantasy, you have to know a lot more people, especially if you're doing like uh, dynasty work as compared to redraft because you have a lot bigger rosters. So you need to know who the fourth or fifth receiver is on the Atlanta Falcons or the fourth or fifth receiver is on the Cleveland Browns, where most just like passive sports fans, just like the casual fan, they don't care about that stuff. They just want to know is Odell Beckham still there? Is Jarvis Landry still there? Is, you know, they don't care that, you know, Ernest Johnson, it's like, who's Ernest Johnson? You know, they don't know who he is. They don't care about him. Whereas fantasy football, they need to know that, you know, Nick Chubb may be a little banged up this week. So Ernest Johnson's going to get a good chance. And last time, you know, Ernest, Ernest Johnson was in because Nick Chubb was banged up. He had 127 yards rushing and two touchdowns. You know, they care more about the stats and stuff. The casual fan or the regular for Sports Illustrated ESPN, a lot of times they, they care, care a little bit about the stats, but they more uh, care about just the only stat they really care about is, you know, 42 to 37 or whatever the final score is, is really all they care about. Sure. Sure. I appreciate that clarification. In terms of actually playing fantasy sports, so I assume you actually do play, you're involved in leagues, correct? Yep. I used to play a ton of different sports. I used to do, uh, well, I used to do fantasy stock market, fantasy baseball, basketball, (laughs) golf, hockey, football, uh, soccer, Formula One racing, you know, a lot of different stuff. Now I strictly just stick to, uh, I'm in one hockey league, but I don't really follow it a whole lot. But for the, other than that, I just, I strictly stick to different uh, football leagues, whether it be uh, a di- two dynasty leagues that I'm in or mostly redraft. Oh, I see. And then uh, which, uh, which apps or websites do you use, you know, as far as the most accessible that you found out there for actually playing fantasy sports? Uh, what the most accessible uh, one is Yahoo. They are 100% accessible. I actually just did a kind of an advertisement for them last year. I'm in a all blind fantasy football league and we, 
uh, are basically kind of sponsored by Yahoo and it's on the Yahoo platform. So we all got together and did like a, almost like a commercial for them for YouTube. Uh, so we, I do use Yahoo. They are, like I said, 100% accessible. The only problem with them is they don't have dynasty right now. Uh, so when you're looking at dynasty, uh, my fantasy league, MFL.com is my fantasy league. They are, uh, the most accessible. Uh, I have found that CBS is, uh, decently, mostly accessible. There's sometimes there's glitches where it's, if I like on my phone, if I try and drop a player for my team, I can't drop them unless I turn the voiceover off. Then I have to have my sister click drop and then turn the voiceover back on to pick somebody else. So it's weird and like that. ESPN is not accessible. Uh, you can draft on ESPN um, and you can make roster decisions like who's going to start, who's going to sit. Uh, but other than that, you can't drop players. You can't trade players. You can't add players because the, the tags aren't labeled. So you can't find what buttons you need to push to do free agency moves and things like that. I've talked to Matthew Barry in the past and he says that they're going to work on it. Uh, but I've also had a no number of other people that said they've talked to e people at ESPN and they just don't care if they haven't done anything. Uh, the same with sleeper, right. same with sleeper. I hear that it's, it's okay, but to me, it's still completely terrible and I will, I can't use it. Even though I know a lot of people love sleeper, uh, I won't use it until they fix it. And a lot of times they haven't fixed anything yet. And NFL.com it's funny because their website is extremely accessible, but their uh, fantasy platform is completely 100% unaccessible. Mm -hmm. Wow. It's, it is in this day and age, you know, it's still, crazy to think that there are so many inaccessible platforms out there and kind of, you know, here and there it's, it's, it's hit or miss. It sounds like. Yeah, it certainly is. And then there's, there's different smaller ones like the, uh, I think it's a PPC or whatever it's called. And I don't, they're not really uh, flea flicker, you know, things like that. They're not, they're not really accessible either. Uh, but then you have like uh draft Kings is very good when it comes to accessibility, at least for their DFS, they're, uh, sports books a little bit different uh same with uh FanDuel, which is the opposite their dfs is pretty accessible but not 100 percent. and then their website for the sports book is actually really accessible uh draft uh which is, doesn't exist anymore got bought out by FanDuel. they were amazing uh play draft they used to be extremely accessible uh, but now hmm. now i believe they are underdog i think it's called uh they were the people that sold it to FanDuel started underdog fantasy and I hear they're extremely accessible as well, but I haven't had a chance to use them yet. If someone's listening to this and is interested in getting into sports media, you know, whether it's writing, uh, podcasting, you know, anything that you have experience with, what kind of advice would you give that person, you know, specifically to someone who's blind or visually impaired? Do the work, just, uh, make sure you get out there, make sure you let people know that you're able to do the work. I mean, yes, there's some things that we can't do. And I explain that to, you know, people when I, either when I write for them or when I email them to act, to look for, if they have any opportunities open, I say, yeah, I, you know, I can do the writing. I can do the research. The only thing I can't do is find a picture, you know, but that's what, right. that's what editors are for. I mean, if it's, they have a whole, you know, portfolio of pictures that they put in there, you know, it takes two seconds for them to do that. So if that's the only thing, if, you know, 99% of the work's done with the writing and everything, then finding the picture is not a big deal, but yeah, no, put, make yourself known, put your content out there. The only way you're going to get seen is if you're able to put good content, don't just put content out there to put it out there, but make sure it's a uh, good time content so that you can really show what you can do. And the same thing with podcasts, you know, ask your, ask people to, if they need a podcast guest and I hadn't been on a podcast in a while. And then last night I happened to be on Twitter and somebody said he wanted to do a round table about the 
you know, Green Bay Packers, the Aaron Rodgers and the Russell Wilson stuff. And I said, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm available. So I ended up going on there and uh, it was me and three or four other guys. We did just did a round table. So if you put your name out there, there will be people that are willing to bring you on and to help you out. So just do work. And uh, <laughs> I don't know if I can curse on here or not, so I won't, but just like Matthew Barry says, don't be an a-hole to anybody, you know, just <laughs> be nice to as to as many people as you can. And, you know, don't be an a-hole. That's the biggest thing. Exactly. Definitely great advice. And I'm curious, have you had experiences, uh, you know, where maybe you've been denied or rejected because of your blindness? And then also, do you tend to disclose your blindness, say in a cover letter? Or how do you approach that? I do just because I want to be upfront. Um, I absolutely, I've, I mean, you know that you probably know the statistics. I don't know if you know the exact statistics or not, but for every hundred jobs that you and I qualify for, we're only going to be, we'll be uh, considered for 50 of them because we're disabled. Now, because our disability in particular is blindness, we'll only be considered for less than 5% of those 50, which means out of every hundred jobs that we qualify, not just at any hundred jobs, but any hundred jobs we qualify for, we'll only be even get consideration for two and a half, for less than two and a half of them. So we're already starting out at a two at a major disadvantage. But to answer your question, yes, every email that I've sent, I've put in there, letting them know that I am blind and everything. Um, I've heard back from two or three different teams. They all said, oh, we, we don't have anything open right now. But then like a week or two later, I see that they just hired a new staff writer or things like that. Uh, I've been rejected from every single team. I have never gotten an opportunity. I, I thought I was getting somewhere with the NFL, but I think the guy that was hiring me is no longer there. I'm not sure. Cause I don't, he hasn't emailed me back in about two years. Uh, so I, but it's just weird, but even when it doesn't even come to writing and I am going to use this name because you know, whatever the millennium hotel in uh, Buffalo, I was up there for the, uh, I was part of a, I uh, what's uh, the stabler center i was trying to remember what it was called and they teach you how to work in hotels and stuff being blind which i had worked in hotels when i could see so while i was up there i applied for a sales manager position at the millennium hotel which i had done for five years as a sighted person uh, we did a phone interview and they loved me they said we want you to come in for a final interview and i told them right before i got a phone i said all right before i come in i do want to let you know that i am completely blind and the lady said oh you're blind i said yeah sure well i can't hire you you're blind Mm. Yeah. You know, so, wow. Yeah. You know, so it, it does happen. <laughs> oh yeah. And obviously you had experience, you know, you said you had several years experience doing that same job before. Exactly. So, yep, you know, so it's... it does happen to, for some reason, people think that when you're blind, you're less intelligent, or once you go blind, you're less intelligent. And you know, that's not the case. Uh, but they don't want to, like I said, they, they don't want to look past your disability to see your ability. So I, that's, and that's what we need society to do. And that's why I'm trying to get a job so I can help people do that. I want to them to, I want to be an example, like somebody that's setting a paving a path through the, you know, all the struggles and all the bureaucracy and all the social constructs that people think that, Oh, you're disabled. So you're less than, and that's, you know, not the case. If there's 60 million disabled Americans, if you're cutting out basically 20% of the population from your workforce, then you're missing out on a lot of great people. Absolutely. No question. Uh, just a little more on sports. So when it comes to, you know, actually attending a game in person, I'm curious, do you tend to bring a radio, listen on your phone, you know, have a friend or family member describe what's going on? Just talk to me about your your fan experience. Uh, yeah, since I went blind, I haven't actually been to any games, but I uh, 
have I do watch them on obviously TV with my sister or things like that. Actually, I did go to uh, one game uh, in Camden. I went to the Camden River Sharks uh, minor league baseball game, and yeah, that I had a friend there with me, and they were describing everything that was going on. So uh, that was kind of fun. It is difficult, I guess, for minor league to listen to the radio because you don't really you won't get the call there. Uh, I know a lot of stadiums now they do have uh, live feeds inside the stadium where you can. Uh, they'll give you like a radio, almost like when you go to the movie theater and they give you the, you know, the audio ear earphones and everything, the headset, they have the same type of thing in a lot of stadiums now. And I've heard that some are better than other. I know uh, from what they were saying, the Philadelphia stadiums don't really have it. Uh, Washington, I think is uh, from what I hear that Washington commanders, their stadium is actually pretty good with it. And then there's other ones that are like 30 seconds delayed. So you're hearing people cheer. And then like 30 seconds later, you hear that they scored a touchdown and stuff. <laughs> um, so right. it's obviously it's definitely hit and hit or miss, uh, but I think it is going to keep getting better as they realize, especially with, you know, with the, all the stuff going on that they have to get more fans into the stands. The only way to do that is to make it more accessible for everybody. And for people that are coming with, those who are or blind or, or deaf or disabled in some way, they need to make it accessible for everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. And kind of on that note, I have a Sirius XM subscription and, you know, obviously they have all the, the major sports on there, but like you were saying, there is that lag in the stream. So it's, you know, especially if you're somewhere live watching the game or in the stadium, it's, you know, it's, you get the info, but it can be a little late and a little anticlimactic, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yes, it certainly can be. So that's they definitely need to get that figured out. I mean, we know how bad the Washington Commanders football team is. If they can and how dysfunctional <laughs> they are, if they can get live streaming correct in their stadium, then anybody can do it. No doubt. Yep. All right. Before we put a bow on this episode, I did want to give you the chance to mention uh, any social media, any contact info that you'd like to share with the listeners. Yeah, I would love for anybody to reach out to me on Twitter. I'm at Envision. That's E-N-V-I-S-I-O-N. It's Envision FF. So you can reach me out there. I have my uh, DMs are always open. And you can read a lot of my work at rotoballer.com and at theathletic.com. So I hope to you know, be able to hear from some people and, you know, give me a follow. I don't tweet out a lot, but uh, when I do, it's usually a, about football and stuff. So if you're interested in football, I'm, you know, definitely there to speak with you or if you have any, you know, needs with, you know, mental health issues or anything like that. And you just need somebody to talk to. You can always reach out to me as well. Awesome. Very cool. Okay. So again, our guest has been Dominic Petrillo here on this episode of Eyes Free Sports. And uh, Dominic just wants to thank you so much for your time. I really enjoyed talking sports here with you and really appreciated you uh, coming on the the podcast here. Yeah, Greg, thank you for having me. It was uh, fun to do this. We'll have to do it again sometime. Be sure to follow the Eyes Free Sports podcast at facebook.com slash eyesfreesports and on Twitter at eyesfreesports. Sports.